0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Do pre-K programs for America's youngsters make sense? The first statewide randomized controlled research of pre-K outcomes had surprising results, putting into question the value of these programs.
1: We were going to have the first rigorous study to validate statewide pre-K. So we were surprised when that didn't happen and then grew more alarmed as the results got more and more negative across time.
0: Disasters can happen anytime, anywhere. How prepared are you and your family should the worst suddenly happen?
2: Over the course of several trips to the grocery
0: store, you are going to slowly build a stockpile of food that you know you're going to eat. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay tuned. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Advocates of pre-kindergarten programs for America's children may be surprised by the results of a research study to determine the value of pre-K. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story, Roy. Right?
2: Thanks, Chris. Dale Farron is an emerita professor at Vanderbilt University and director of its Peabody Research Institute, and she's one of the authors of this study. Dr. Farron has been involved in research and intervention for high-risk children and youth for all of her professional career. So, Professor, let's get right to it. You recently led a study where the results seem to fly in the face of everything we've ever been told about pre-K education. Tell us the major headlines from this study.
1: We've actually been conducting this study now for 10 years, almost 12. We started with children when they were in pre-K, and we have a group of children who attended and who didn't attend. And that was chosen on the basis of a lottery draw. So all the parents wanted their children to go to pre-K, but some got in and some didn't. And now we've released our results all the way through sixth grade. And I think you're right that the results are somewhat alarming. The children who attended pre-K by the end of sixth grade are scoring lower on all three state achievement tests, reading, math, science, and that's worrisome. What is more worrisome even to me, I'm a developmental psychologist, is that by the end of sixth grade, the children who attended pre-K are significantly more likely to have been expelled or suspended for disciplinary infractions. And so we're seeing both negative effects on achievement as well as negative effects on behavior.
2: How does the quality of the Tennessee pre-K programs overall compare to other states? What I'm driving at there is, do you think these findings are likely to be similar throughout the country, or could Tennessee be an outlier of some sort?
1: I think that's a great question. It's one we've had to contend with ever since some of our data began to turn negative at the end of third grade. There was a real drive to say that's just restricted to Tennessee. That's a Tennessee effect, and I don't believe that at all. I think that any state that is aligning its pre-K program with its K-12 program and housing its classrooms in elementary school could well have the same results that we do. We're not arguing that one study should be definitive. We would love to see more states do more studies of the effects of their pre-K program in a rigorous way. That is not hard. Lots of states have programs where there are more people who want to get in than they have room for them. Just do a lottery draw. Parents think that's fair. But the critical next step is that everybody who applied as 4-year-olds should be given a state education ID number. That's the only way you can track the effects on those who attended your pre-K and those who didn't get in but wanted to. And once you have that kind of information, you can pull up their state scores, test scores at third grade, and really take a look at your program. And I think more states should be doing that.
2: Has there been a lack of research in this area?
1: We are the only randomized control trial of a statewide pre-K program. So there was one other, what we call RCT, randomized control trial, that was done of Head Start, the Head Start Impact Study. And that study stopped collecting data when the children were in third grade. So we don't know what the long-term outcomes might have been. But their data initially and then through third grade look very similar to ours.
2: Presumably, this would be the course for some future research, but what are your working theories as to why these pre-K programs are not working as we all thought they were?
1: When we started this study, we fully expected that, and we were working in partnership with the Tennessee Department of Education, and we all expected that we were going to have the first rigorous study to validate statewide pre-K. So we were surprised when that didn't happen and then grew more alarmed as the results got more and more negative across time. I'm concerned now, now that I've really thought about this, that we need to rethink our ideas about what young children need before they go to school. And four-year-olds don't need school before they go into school they don't need formal education before they hit the K-12 system. There are many Nordic countries, for instance, that don't even start formal education until children are six or seven, and they do fine on international comparisons later on. So we really need to rethink our idea about what it is that children who are growing up in poor families really need before they go to school.
2: Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Dale Farron, an emerita professor at Vanderbilt University's Peabody College of Education and Human Development. And she was the lead author of a statewide randomized controlled study that followed low-income students from pre-kindergarten through sixth grade to determine the value of pre-K programs with some genuinely shocking results. Professor Farron, as you mentioned, you were studying low-income families. Do you have any reason to believe that these results would be confined to just that group or do you believe it crosses into middle-class and higher-income families as well?
1: Many state legislatures are funding their statewide pre-K programs because they want to narrow the achievement gap. They believe that they can have fewer retentions in grade. They believe that there will be less need for special education, none of which our study has supported. But some parents are pushing to expand pre-K so that it is not just poor families. Again, we don't have good data on what the outcomes were, but the outcomes we have seen suggest that it's a wash for children from higher-income families. It's not positive, it's not negative, it's kind of a wash. So you don't see any positive effects, but then you don't see any negative effects for children from higher-income families.
2: Are you encountering a lot of skepticism from your peers since this study is at such odds with conventional wisdom?
1: I know. (laughs) Some of my colleagues have actually said terrible things about me, like that I don't like children, which (laughs) the deal is I'm firmly committed and aware of the long-term negative effects of children growing up in poverty, in impoverished homes. I'm fully aware of the struggles that families make in order to try to raise their children when they're on minimum wage or barely above it, and quality childcare is so expensive. And the effects of poverty begin in utero. So I'm reminded of a Swedish graduate student who once said to me, why does the United States always try to cure the effects of poverty? like with Head Start. Why don't they try to do something about the cause, which is poverty? And a recent study was just published in the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences, which showed that providing money to poor families in the first three years of their child's life had effects that were discernible on brain growth. So I think we're going about this in the wrong way. We do not have an organized system of child care for any families in the United States. And We need to get that system better organized. We need to put better support for families starting very early on in their children's lives.
2: You may have already answered this, but I'll ask anyway. If you were given carte blanche to fix the nation's pre-K programs, what other changes would you like to see?
1: I would love to see some sort of White House conference or some sort of, we used to have, you know, White House white papers that looks at universal child care. There's a lot of funding for aspects of support for children in the federal government. But it's in different agencies. It's not organized. They have different criteria for how you get in or access the funds. Most of them are insufficient. They do not allow poor families to buy the quality of care you'd want them to. And so our childcare system is a mess. I would love to see us provide universal support in childcare for children prior to kindergarten all children, including poor children.
2: Dale Farron, Emerita Professor from Vanderbilt University, thank you very much for sharing your study with us. I appreciate your interest. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey.
0: Next, how prepared are you for disaster? That story, straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned.